Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of lighting up darkness. This is the reality. We share Christ because we know people are in darkness and under the power of Satan. You and I used to be there. You could have been wealthy in darkness. You could have been moderate or you could have been in poverty. You could have been just a normal person. But everybody apart from Christ is in darkness. We need to understand this. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Just about everybody will attest to the power the Internet has on global communication these days. Well, when it comes to spreading the good news of the gospel, Pastor Xavier illustrates how it's the power of the Holy Spirit that communicates the message to everyone in every language, to the ends of the earth, and apart from any world wide web. So let's rejoin a study titled, What Does Acts Tell Us? The proclamation of Acts is that Jesus had resurrected from the dead. Verse 3 here, chapter 1, tells us, To whom he also presented himself after his sufferings with many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Also, the proclamation of Acts is that Jesus was going to continue the ministry by the Holy Spirit through the apostles. This would include the 12 apostles, the 11 original, and then Matthias, who was chosen by lots, and other apostles, such as Barnabas, Paul. So you have the 70, you have the 12, and then those after in the book of Acts, three categories of apostles. Now, Jesus taught them about sending them the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16. He's the comforter, the parakaleo, the one to come alongside. The one who would teach them and, and remind them of the words of Jesus. Luke begins Acts with the same directive regarding the Holy Spirit, which his gospel ends. In, Matthew, in, in Luke 24, 49, he says what he says here in Acts 1, 4, and 5. Being assembled together with them, he commanded for them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he, uh, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized you with water, and you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he makes the distinction between water and the baptism of the Spirit. And he makes a connection between the end of his gospel and again here the beginning. The promise was for one of power. He makes this very clear in Luke 24, 49. And look at verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Power for service. Now, if this is the true key verse of the book of Acts, then we should see this played out all the way through the book of Acts. Let's take a tour. Look at chapter 2, verse 4. We have the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit filled they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability. In chapter uh, 4, verse 8 and 13, the filling of the Holy Spirit gave Peter and John boldness as they're being confronted by the religious rulers. Boldness. The Holy Spirit gave them boldness. In chapter 5, verse 3, 
The Holy Spirit was responsible for the miracle through the apostles. Why are you guys looking at us? This man stands whole by the faith of Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was responsible for the work. Chapter 6, verse 10. The men in the synagogue could not resist the wisdom of Stephen by which he spoke. 6.10. 8.15. The Samaritans received what? The Holy Spirit. They heard the preaching. Then they laid hands on They received the Holy Spirit. In chapter 9, verse 17. Saul's conversion. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 10, verse 19. The Spirit spoke to Peter at Joppa. And the message was, go to the house of Cornelius. Remember? And then in chapter 10, verse 44, the Spirit fell in all the house of who? Cornelius. So we see that Acts 1-8 is worked out throughout the book. Of, it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. It wasn't the apostles just doing it. It was the Holy Spirit through these men. And that should be no different today. The sad case is that so often it is today. We've got the church so organized and sanitized that it's, much of it is man's work. The proclamation of Acts is also that Jesus was and is the Lord and Savior of mankind who requires repentance for the forgiveness of sins based on his death and resurrection. Peter's message again in the day of Pentecost in chapter 2, it was repentance for sins in the name of Jesus Christ. When you get to chapter 4, verse 8 through 12, John and Peter, or Peter and John in the temple, they pointed to Jesus for the miracle, faith in his name. When Stephen began to sermonize and to preach to the Jews, he told them of their rebellious history. They didn't like that. He culminated with the rejection of Jesus Christ by his death and crucifixion in Acts 7, 51 and 53. He pointed them to Jesus. Philip, as you know, preached Christ to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, verse 34 and 35 from Isaiah. Who's this man speaking about himself or someone else? And he began to preach Jesus from Isaiah. For the forgiveness of his sins. Peter at Cornelius' house preached Christ for the forgiveness of sins in Acts 10, 36-43. Paul at Antioch and Pisidia preached repentance in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Acts 13, 29-32 and other passages there. At Philippi, he exercised the young girl... Not with weights, but with the demon. And um, she accepted Christ. And then they got thrown in jail. And then the jailer got saved and his family in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 16.31 Paul at Athens preached Christ and the resurrection, creator and savior. And they mocked him. What does this guy, this seed picker, have to say? They say, let's go hear this new doctrine of the resurrection of the so-called Jesus. Acts 17, 30 through 32. Paul did the same at the steps of the Antonius fortress as they almost killed him. 
before Felix, before Festus, before Agrippa at Rome. His message never changed. But the proclamation of Acts also is that Jesus is interested in the world, not in an elite group or race. He is mission-minded. Again, we've pointed out already Acts 1.8. And really, Acts 1.8, if you look at it, there is your table of contents for the book of Acts. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Here's your table of contents. In Jerusalem. Then secondly, all Judea and Samaria. And thirdly, the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, chapter 1 through 7. Judea and Samaria, chapter 8 through 12. The ends of the earth, chapter 13 to 28. Another interesting thing is to look at chapter 2, verse 47. It tells us the Lord Jesus after the church such as are saved. They were praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Not by the study of church growth that was first taught by Donald McGavern and then taken over by Peter Wagner at Fuller Seminary. Not by power evangelism taught by the late John Wimber of the Vineyard Ministries. Where you're going to do miracles to attract people, then they get saved. Uh, Power evangelism is not biblical. Not by the purpose-driven church of Rick Warren, the seeker-friendly church. Jesus asked to the church, you start into the church, you've got some problems. God saves. He does the work. Jerusalem is the center of Christianity in the first 12 chapters, with Peter as the central figure. But Antioch and Paul in the last 15. The gospel went from Jerusalem to Antioch. It reached Asia, Greece, Europe, all the way to Rome. The Jews were always preached to first, but rejected the word. And therefore, Acts closes with the gospel going to the Gentiles in Acts 28, 28. Thousands upon thousands who have followed Christ through all the pilgrimage of life are on record as saying what John Bunyan said in those beautiful and incomparable words of his. Listen to it carefully. You know John Bunyan is... He was thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. He, he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Probably a book read most second to the Bible. A man who counted his life. He could have been released if he recanted. But he said, no, the man you let me out, I'm going to preach Christ. So he stayed in jail. Listen to his words. I have loved to hear my Lord spoken of. And wherever I have seen this, the print of his shoes on the earth, there I have covered to set my foot to. His name has been to me as a civet box, yea, sweeter than all perfumes. In his countenance, I have more desire than they that have most desired the light of the sun. He was in prison all his life. Jesus accomplished what no other man has. He was victorious through his death and resurrection. Hebrews 2.14 says, And as much then as, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same, 
that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. It destroyed the power of death and the authority of the devil. The Spirit of Christ alone can convict a person of sin. Jesus said this in John 16, 8. When he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And that's exactly what Paul preached to Felix, to Festus, and to Agrippa. <laughs> so much so that at one point Agrippa goes, You know, Paul, you almost, almost persuade me to be a Christian. Almost don't cut it. So close and yet so far. We are so good about boasting, almost. If you're not in Christ, you're out of Christ. Doesn't matter how close you are. You can go target shooting and shoot at the target. If you're a hair away from the bullseye, you've missed the bullseye. Whether you miss it by a hair or by a mile, it doesn't matter. Many people say, I have faith. What do you have faith in? If your faith is not what the scriptures say, then your faith is not biblical. Your faith points you to the revelation. The revelation makes your faith valid. Believing the revelation of God for salvation in the person of Jesus Christ by His atoning work qualifies you to be a Christian or makes you a Christian. You're agreeing with God's revelation. Then acting on it in order to be forgiven and transformed accomplishes that fact. It's a choice. Listen to John 1, 12 and 13. But as many as receive them, to them He gave the authority to become the children of God and to those who believe in His name, who were born... And he, three negatives. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Don't mistake in your earthly birth with the spiritual birth. He makes it very, very clear. Whosoever, as many, it's a choice. No one is predestined to go to hell. People choose to go to hell by rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ. The message of Acts is man is in need of salvation through Christ. We sin. We miss the mark. The meaning of Acts then. First Jesus uses ordinary and common people like the twelve apostles. To do the work of God to reach others through the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.13, we get their names. Peter and Andrew, along with James and John, two sets of brothers, fishermen. You can use stinky fishermen. You can use you, can't you? Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, James and Alphaeus. Common people. Matthew is a tax collector. And God had the nerve to put him with Simon the Zealot. The Zealot says, we'll kill anybody who's an enemy of Rome. And tax collectors are top on the list. Can you see Simeon every once in a while? I ain't Matthew? No, not anymore. Who would dare put gas and fire together? Judas, the son of James. And again, Matthew, who was chosen by lots. Common people. Jesus has not changed the message for salvation. Faith in his death and resurrection for repentance for the forgiveness of sins is still the message. That's the meaning of the book of Acts. Look at chapter 2, um, 38 and 39. He says, Then Peter said to them, Repent 
And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that you should receive the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The individual response in faith to repent from one's sins. See, Peter said what? One word. Repent. The public witness is by water. In the name of Jesus Christ. Water doesn't make you saved. It's just public confession that you're saved. That's all. You're complete in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Okay? The promise is, you'll receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Empowerment for service. And the duration of the salvation is, for the promise to you, your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. So until the Lord comes for His church, right? And even through the tribulation, great tribulation, people are still going to be saved, right? But also Jesus promised the gospel will offend men. And therefore, men who stand for the truth will experience persecution and tribulation. Listen to the message in Acts 14, 21 and 22. These are new believers, by the way. Um, They've just evangelized them. Uh, They've accepted Christ. And in 14, 21 and 22, he says, And when they had preached the gospel, that city and, and many uh, disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and, and Antioch. Listen to this. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, now these are new believers. Listen, here's the encouragement. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> You see, Paul didn't preach an American gospel of prosperity. There's your divine right to be healthy and wealthy and you can command God to do anything. He says, now you're in the kingdom. Now you really have enemies. Wow. There's an encouragement for a new believer. It's the truth. It may not always happen. But it's always present. And we must all be willing To be prepared when it happens. Very important. Jesus also desires to reveal himself to sinners and turn them from darkness to light. That's the clear message. Paul the Apostle in Acts 26. As he is um, recounting his uh, conversion to Herod. In verse 16 to 17. He says... But rise and stand on your feet, as he's recounting his, his conversion, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom now I send you. And he's recounting this to, to, to Herod. And, and every time he's brought before a magistrate, he does this. But notice as he goes on in the next verse 18, Paul describes the spiritual blindness of man under, uh, that he's under and the goal that only the gospel can accomplish. He says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The me is capitalized Jesus, not Paul. This is the reality. This is what we're up against. We share Christ because we know people are in darkness and under the power of Satan. You and I used to be there. 
You could have been wealthy in darkness. You could have been moderate or you could have been in poverty. You could have been just a normal person that took care of his house and just drank sociably one beer a week and all that. Didn't beat his wife or the dog or anything else. You're a moral person. But everybody apart from Christ is in darkness under Satan. We need to understand this. Jesus is still revealing himself as having resurrected from the dead to those who will hear. Romans 10, 14 through 17, the question is this. How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So God anoints men and calls men. But on a secondary level, all of us are included, are they not? We're all ambassadors. We have the ministry of reconciliation, Paul says. To get people right with God. The answer there in verse 15 is, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. When we share Christ, it's something good. Now people don't always take it like that. And we understand that because we used to be on the other side of the fence. Remember how you responded or how you felt when they first shared with you? Never forget. Verse 16. The problem is one of free will. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Many call, few chosen. Straight and narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. Strive to enter in. Can't be any clearer. The steps of salvation are this. Listen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Verse 17. It's through the proclamation of the gospel that people hear the good news. And if they believe that, they can embrace it and be saved. If they reject it, the little light that was given to you, understand, now becomes greater darkness by your own choosing. And it gets harder and harder as you move along. And so Jesus desires to be depended on and to be obeyed in that he is mission-minded. Beginning in Jerusalem, extending to the world. Turning people from darkness and from Satan to the light of Jesus Christ. That's why we have five great commissions. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then one in Acts. Let me give you Matthews. Matthew 28, 19-20. There was never a question about going. Go therefore. And the go therefore is a participle. This is the way it's to be translated. In your going. When you go. As you go. In other words, there was never any question. Very important. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all these things that I command you. There is never a time or a place Jesus is not present at His work through the gospel. So when you're sharing Christ, when I'm sharing Christ, He's always there. Listen to the last part of this great commission. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I am never alone. He is with me to do the work through me. And so the meaning of Acts is all must choose or reject Christ. That's A or B. There is no C. It's an easy test. The decision is the only hard one. <laughs> the test is easy. The decision is what's hard. Because of our evil hearts 
in the attraction of sin and the self-centeredness that we live under. But you have to look way down the road. There's judgment ahead. You get to choose. Living in the light or dark. Pastor Xavier Reese sharing that's a choice we ourselves get to make. Now, today's Simple Truth study is titled, What Does Acts Tell Us? and is available on CD for just $4. And everything we shared last time will be included as well, so it makes a convenient way to study the message more in-depth and then pass on to someone else you know. Now, the title to ask for once more is, What Does Acts Tell Us? Or just mention today's date when you get in touch. And you can address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Jesus has planned his return. However, Pastor Xavier Reese explains next time it will come as unexpected as a thief comes in the night. Get prepared when we meet again on the next Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com